Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we're going to have a beat year. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jenny. <laughs> we are the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading Halloween Party. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid. I was so proud. I was like, I didn't laugh like Nate did, and then I fucking completely <laughs> fell apart. And we're the drunk guys. Oh, no, no. I'm leaving. And we're the drunk in. guys. And we, <laughs> this week we're reading Halloween Party by Agatha Christie. And I'm starting with a beer. So, <laughs> me too. I'm also starting with the beer. Yeah, I think you haven't had one yet. already. <laughs> no, this is only my third of the day. Uh, okay, so. In the beginning, you know, there's you know, spoiler. There's, there are multiple murders, but there's a girl who gets killed at a Halloween party in a <laughs> bobbing for apples thing, and you imagine that you could call that uh, that murder there a one man mosh pit. <laughs> you call it now? Oh, you could. You could imagine it. Yeah, <laughs> this is one man mosh pit from Surly Brewing Company. Surly, which is Surly. Huh. Uh, which which is how actually the tone of Hercule, Hercule Poirot this whole book he's, he's just like he's pretty silly. Etienne, this is uh, the sheet his bullshit uh, he's so <laughs> miserable the whole book uh, this is a hazy IPA that's seven point two percent alcohol and they are I don't know if I've ever had anything by them before no, they are in one. Minneapolis Min oh that's interesting that is a different kind of hop flavor there it's very tropical flavored it's really nice. Well, I'm having a beer from Sloop Brewing called No Pumpkin because the book starts <laughs> with a Halloween party, which sounds like the stupidest Halloween party ever. But there's also no pumpkin because it's a no fucking ticket. British Halloween party. And they're all the whole time like, we don't know what Halloween is. It's definitely an American thing. Let's just try our best. And then they did no effort to find out what people do at actual Halloween parties. It's, it's, they did what any, you know, like, uh, when you watch a movie and they're like, let's just, I don't know, what, what are those Native Americans like? Who gives a fuck? And they just make shit up about them. Like, that's what they did for Halloween. This, take place, but, this t- takes place allegedly in like the 60s or something? Or the, the book came, yeah, the book came out in 1969. It feels like a Halloween party in a fucking Jane Austen novel. Uh, are you are you referring to the exciting game of like hot raspberry and hot raisins? I've got a lot of questions <laughs> about hot raisins. <laughs> they play hot raisins? <laughs> Well, like, what game oh, is no? What, oh, oh, hot raisins! I'm game. out of hot raisins. What's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking thing? I've got so many questions. I didn't even look anything up because I want to be more confused and actually know what she was trying to I, describe. I, I looked up one thing um, about hot raisins. I think. <laughs> well, they call it something else, right? But it was like Snapdragon. The Snapdragon. Sna- but it was, Snapdragon. It, was, it, was hot, it was hot raisins. The game. <laughs> It's fucking hot races. But Snapdragon, according to Wikipedia, is a parlor game popular from about the 16th century, which, which is about right for Agatha Christie. And she's like, oh, old bitch. She's like, I bet they're playing hot raisins. These young kids doing murders and necking like, and playing hot raisins. Pic- go to the go to the Wikipedia article. The pictures are all woodcuts. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fucking time when TV existed. This is the old. This is like the Beatles broke up. <laughs> <laughs> they also play the game where they look into a mirror 
and using some sort of daguerreotype technology, a ghost appears into it. Was like, what? Camera obscura? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I've ever read. I got I just have to find the past. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll do that. Let's just let's just talk about what like a little bit about the very beginning of the book. So, the beginning the book, matters because they play hot raisins. <laughs> the beginning of the book, hot cross. We can raisins. only call it hot raisins. That's what it's called. <laughs> so, okay, beginning of the book starts with Hercule Poirot is nowhere. This is a. Uh, from the main, from the perspective of a diff, of a lady, I thought I was reading the wrong book for two chapters. <laughs> I thought I was too. No, they always start with the dumb chapter where they introduce forty characters, and you're supposed to remember them. Yeah, kind of. Even though this is Poirot number like fifty five or something like that. No, it's way like too 40 many. Something it's way too but many. The ones we read before were all from the 1930s, and this is 1969. Nice. So anyway, at the very beginning. Uh, this woman named Ariadne, who I believe was in a earlier Poirot book, was throwing a Halloween party for some teenagers. And it first talks about kind of setting up for the Halloween party, kind of like before it starts, she's setting up this, setting up the thing with the flower and the gold coin, which sounded really stupid, <laughs> and the hot raisins, <laughs> and the daguerreotype picture where... <laughs> So that the teenage girls can see who the, who they'll marry, but it's all the same guy with different mustaches because that's all <laughs> they could do. It's like that thing with the metal shavings. <laughs> oh, ha- oh uh, Harry Willie, like Harry or Harry, or Harry, Harry. Call it. I'm pretty sure there's Woolly Willie. There's Wooly probably a whole yeah. bunch of them. Harry Willie is a different British game that you don't want to <laughs> play at a party. That's after you've eaten too much spotted dick. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I just, we need to talk, like the hot raisins passage. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Before you do it's, that, you get, here's I, I where the mystery <laughs> starts, okay? Here's where the mystery starts, where... It's a, du- it's a double mystery. One name. of the teenage girls, a girl named Joyce, says, oh, oh, because um, Ariadne Oliver, she's a mystery writer. This is, this is basically Agatha Christie putting herself into the book. But more Greeker. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the teenage girls, a girl named Joyce, says... Uh, your mystery, your murders don't have enough blood. I saw a murder once, and everyone's like, you did not. She's like, yes, I did. Oh, it was, tell us about it. No, no, it was years ago. I just didn't realize it at the time. But then a, a, a little while ago, or a few weeks ago, somebody, I, I realized what I was seeing now that I'm no longer a dumb, very small child. Or a dumb, larger <laughs> child. Uh, she was described at one point as lumpy. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some weirdly sexualizing stuff about her. It's like, yeah, because that's Agatha Christie got into the mind of the young man of 1969 who was like, wow, check out the lumps on her. Yeah, I was, uh, was she small for age? No, no. I think rather mature, perhaps. Lumpy. I remember that. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I couldn't believe there's anything I could remember besides hot raisins. But <laughs> lumpy was like, what does that even mean? But then they go right away and like, oh, mature, you'd say, or something like that. Like, oh, okay, she had boobs. Okay, that's <laughs> so. Uh, this, you know, the girl Joy says, "Yeah, I saw the murder about it. It was. I just realized. It. I didn't realize that at first years ago when I saw it. But now I realize it was a murder. And everyone was like, No, I don't believe you.'" And then the fuck up with your lies, Joyce. they go on with the party describing all the stupid things at the party, which we'll get to. And then goes to it and then immediately jumps to a chapter of Her- 
Hercule Poirot getting a phone call. And it's and I thought there was something missing from my book because I was like, but where's the fucking murder? You do, you do get, it, get it later. But I really thought there was something missing. Like, oh, mm. no. The pacing is anyway, a little weird. So the party games at this party. <laughs> we can uh, focus on the important parts of the book. So the Snapdragon, a.k.a. Hot Raisins, was actually <laughs> not the stupidest thing at the party. What was the it stupidest was, thing? The thing was the thing with the Do flower. The, you put, I could not understand what it was supposed to be. It had something to do with flour and a coin and a piece of string. And I was like, what is this? This sounds like the dumbest thing. Just like the Americans do on Halloween. There was also a broom judging competition where I guess they just judge someone else's broom. The British are good at judging. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Old English women who, it's somehow both 1969 and 1929 in this book. And 1869. Yeah. Hercule okay, must be old as fuck at this point. There were only two novels after this before Agatha Christie finally fucking died. <laughs> this is one of the last ones. That's good. So She's really phoning in it, at this point. So just uh, listeners, if you're wondering what Hot Raisins is, apparently right here. you put a bunch of... Okay, you want to just read it? Or? No, please. Let me read it. To the, the People might be writing a paper on this. <laughs> <laughs> so a woman named Rowena, which I think is a brand of like iron or something, that, uh, says, all right, all, and now the last that last one for the evening, Snapdragon. Through the pantry. That's right. Now then, prizes first. Blah, 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 blah. The food had been cleared away. A green baize cloth was laid across the table, and there was born a great dish of flaming raisins. <laughs> Everybody shrieked, <laughs> rushing forward, snatching the blazing raisins with cries of, Ow, I'm burned. <laughs> Isn't it lovely? Little by little, the snapdragon flickered and died down. The lights went up. The party was over. Too many raisins. Nothing burns. was left out of that sentence. That was that the passage. climax of the party. And then uh, later on, when they talk about uh, when 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 you find the murder and the murderer is revealed or whatever, and the woman's saying there was a murder at the party, Hercule Poirot was like, "This all this shit happened at your party?" Just yes, it was all a great success. It finished up with Snapdragon, you know, burning raisins in a great dish. She has to explain <laughs> it because no one knows what the fuck anyone's talking about. <laughs> I have heard of the hot raisins. <laughs> Do they like pour something on the raisins to make them burn? Because raisins don't just combust. I think, think it's I think, rum. I think they're in booze, and you grab a hot raisin, and as a young British child, you go, oh, it is burning, Daddy. <laughs> isn't, it, <laughs> isn't it lovely? This, they, this is a game s- they had before they invented antibiotics, too. So, you know, that was the, real, the real winners are the ones who survived a week later. <laughs> this was a way to cull the children who were hungry. <laughs> This is, they would, this is like the way they judged if you were a witch or not. They'd, they'd check your wound three days later Canst and see if it was healing. Canst thou survive in hot raisins? <laughs> if thou survives, thou art a witch. Only a witch would be so, so profligate to waste a raisin. <laughs> the book really goes downhill after hot Don't raisins. Don't throw away those old <laughs> grapes. They're still good. I know. Finding witches. <laughs> There's plenty of fun to be got out of them yet. <laughs> we can play hot raisins, children. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't believe this was a thing. <laughs> this had the potential to be the best Hercule Poirot book, but then they stopped playing hot raisins, and it really just hit the hit. It's all the downhill after hot raisins. Shit. 
That's what, you know, and then there were none should have been about, like the, the intense hot raisins competition. Yeah, that had a much oh. more exciting title. <laughs> oh, it did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they, yeah, this is this was the most exciting thing that happened in the world of raisins since the <laughs> California raisins. And these poor British children didn't know what hit them. After that, I'll be honest with you, I don't give a fuck what happens in the book <laughs> because it's fucking hysterical. Honestly, neither did Hercule Poirot. He's kind of like he unimpressed at best. Time. So Poirot, he's at home in Paris, something like that. I don't know. He's just he gets a phone call, and it's from his friend, novelist Ariadne Oliver, and she's like, "Oh, Poirot, you're the person I need to talk to because there's been a murder." So at the at the part right after the hot raisins. Somebody went into the other room and discovered Joyce dead. She had been dr- drowned in the uh, in the bucket they were using to bob for apples. Maybe she put too many hot raisins in her mouth and she was trying to cool herself. <laughs> <laughs> but it just didn't work. They were too <laughs> hot. <laughs> no. Oh, it burns. The raisins are far too hot. <laughs> so... Poirot comes in. So there's already... So, okay, here's the thing. What she, what Ariadne says on the phone is like, yes, the police were here. They were investigating. But I forgot to tell them something. And I'm telling you now. At the beginning of the party, just, just before the party was starting, Joyce said that she had seen a murder. And literally, this woman who writes murder novels didn't know to tell the police about that thing before like when the police were there so literally so i mean obviously they're just so poirot can be the one to investigate so he goes there and immediately there and immediately everyone is like oh we never have murders like this this we because you know it's like well did she see a murder and it's like well everyone's like well we don't have murders here except for those things you read about every day like Wait, what? This is the the first of 400 times in the book when I cared about, you know, when kids get in the car they're not supposed to get into and die. They said that like 10 different times in the book. This entire book was whining about how kids are doing too many murders because they're undisciplined these days. It was like, what the fuck are you people talking about? You know, it... It was the 60s, and there was like a massive baby boom, I'm sure, in the UK as well as in America. And I know at least the United States in like 1969 was 50% like under 30. Like mm-hmm. the baby boom generation was fucking massive. And so all of society practically is consumed with the fact that there are like m- there are more young people than old people all of a sudden. And these kids these days don't even know how to play so hot all the raisins. Old, yeah, so all the old people are like, fuck these young people. They don't even appreciate the hot raisins. They don't know what it was like in the old days. You had to fight for those hot raisins. They just get the Back in my day, when we had warm raisins. <laughs> and liked it. Yeah, We didn't have hot heating. raisins during the Blitz. I, I just I can't believe that's a fucking thing. And she's like, what should I write about in this book? I'll, I have to develop this character. I know what it needs. One of those classic American Halloween games. Um, I think it's pronounced Halloween. Oh, Halloween. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, uh, you know, like they celebrate in Hawaii. <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone... I know, that hot she, raisins. <laughs> he, he, so he, he's talking to them about this fucking girl, 
And everyone's like, that girl, actually, she kind of sucked. Everyone hated her. She was a big liar. Everything that girl said was lying. No one believed her. The only, she was, those lumps were just lies waiting to come out. She was just full of shit. So, uh, uh, Poirot, what he does is he asks everybody, like, do you think she saw a murder? And everyone is like, well, no, because everyone knows she lies. So probably <laughs> not. She just said that. And then, but he's like, yeah, okay, I hear you. But have there been any murders around? And turns out there are a shitload in this, like, very like sparsely populated country village. There's like a surprising number of murders and one person who completely disappeared. It's like those old, like the British cop shows that my mom watches that take place in like small British villages where people get murdered every week. And it's like, how is this town still surviving? There's not that many people. How is anyone still alive here? (laughs) The entire board of selectmen has been killed at this point. (laughs) How can they get anything done? There's no quorum. (laughs) I don't have enough people to play hot raisins. <laughs> so he's walking around. And he goes to find his old cop friend who lives there because he knows every cop in England. And this cop's like, the guy's like, hey, you know everyone in this city, right? What do you think about that girl? Like, oh, she was definitely a little liar. But here's all the murders that happened. Tell me about all the cool murders. Like, hmm, I wonder if every murder you list will be involved in the plot somehow. Yes, it will. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tie up. That's how good he's like. Let me just go solve... I'm not, I'm not even going to do one murder anymore. I'm going to just clean out the cold cases that you, from uh, this Many cold town. cases you didn't even know were cold cases. I'm going to clean out this village. I'm just going to get them back to equilibrium here of like murders happening and murder solved. It's like a do-over for the paperwork because <laughs> I'm bored. And, my, and, and the real thing is that his friend canceled on him to like play bridge or some shit at the beginning of the book. He had, that he was had, a, the, he had a cold. He's like, that is for the best. He would have given me the cold too. <laughs> That's is it, literally is it what he this says. cop that he when he visits the cop he says one of them says oh may your mustaches never get smaller it's a weird way to say to hello to anybody is that like one of those badly translated it wasn't translated French idioms <laughs> she's British another <laughs> <laughs> thing as the as I know they say in your land. <laughs> So, yeah, the guy tells all these murders that happened, and he's like, oh, you know, there was a guy who got stabbed a while ago, but he was in it with a bad lady, you know, and she had a jealous husband. And we didn't think it was anyone, but maybe it could have been the wife, because she was half gypsy, and you know how they are. It's like, ah, oh, the oh, way police yeah. work used to go. <laughs> I love that he brings the racism back. Just just casual. Hey, remember, remember, what was the one where it's like, oh, you know, she had fiery Latin blood. Her father was Cuban. That was she the other probably, problem. That was death on the Nile. Yeah, I know. That death was on the Nile, the, yeah. Yeah. Her Latin blood made her a murderer. This one was this one was a half a gypsy, so she's probably a murderer. Well, there's no certainty because she might be half good. Yeah, that's why they didn't arrest her. If she was full gypsy, they would have arrested her. Oh, they, they would have burnt her at the stake. <laughs> they would have had her hold a handful of hot raisins to prove she was a witch. <laughs> <laughs> Trial by raisin is very common in the British countryside, even to this day. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trial by raisins. <laughs> this is the only way to be sure. <laughs> That's believable. So, so where will we ever find raisins this time? <laughs> it's March. There aren't the any do- raisins anymore. <laughs> we the- ate those months ago. <laughs> those were all Christmas raisins. So yeah, there was a few murders or like suspicious deaths and a, a woman, uh, uh, an au pair who disappeared, uh, who was of some 
some foreign country. They don't know where she went or where she went back to after she fled. She was vaguely Balkan. Yeah. But Hercule's like, yeah, you know, maybe these things are related. I'll go see if the, if a girl could have witnessed any of these things, because all of his police work is based on stereotypes and what girls do and how women act about things and men. It's like really, really, it's like Psych 101 if you never finish the course and we're bad at it. I can just imagine, like, well, she probably went over here to look in the mirror and see what she was doing, because she wouldn't be too fucking blind to see what a catch I am. When I can- <laughs> <laughs> this is like angry Incel Poirot <laughs> Yeah yeah. Like, I made your neck beards never get shorter <laughs> So okay There are a bunch of people That are could be caught up in this And Poirot kind of has to solve all of it In order to solve this murder But it's only a 250 page book So there's not kind of a lot about each one So there was this rich lady who has a, a number of things. Like, she had died a couple of years before, and after she died, it was discovered that there was a codicil. They used that word a million times. Codicil to her will, where she left all of her money to the au pair, the from Eastern Europe, which, and as soon as the, one of the lawyers brought up, like, you know, this looks like a forgery, the au pair just disappeared, presumably just, you know, fled the country and went back she to... Was so- Guilty with her Slavic blood. <laughs> Which, you know, went back to like Czechoslovakia or wherever she was from. And then, but also she employed a, a very handsome gardener, you know, that's for reasons, who knows. To trim her bush. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, so she employed this like garden landscape artist. I don't know what you call him. He designed the whole garden that she made. He was an artist that she hired to, like, build some sort of art installation out of an old rock quarry. Because why not, I and guess? Because there's, there's really nothing to do in the British countryside. Yeah, that's true. It went on and on, though. How Hercule Poirot, who is, you know, the greatest detective, is like, this bush is the perfect bush here. You would think this is nature undisturbed. And yet... It is the hand of a man here. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? How you're just looking at shrubs and pebbles. He made a nice garden. It's like um, it's like uh, the Sistine Chapel of Gardens. It's the the Jap the Japanese have a practice called niwa, uh, which is the uh, like the the where they have like the perfectly raked pebbles and like this needs just like this little footbridge over this creek that we made. And this all this this image that you look at is to just remind you of the beauty of nature, but it's 100% scripted. And this this guy found it. But Hercule Poirot is so goddamn good of a detective. He'd be like, this looks like a bunch of bushes and shit. And he'd be like, but wait, these are the best bushes for the best spot. <laughs> and as a reader, you're going, why? <laughs> why is this fucking here? And this is one of many times for the book where it's evident that at this point in her career, Agatha Christie had no editor. <laughs> Nobody who was going to be like, she, there was, she was the, she's the best-selling author ever, isn't she? No ever, one was yeah. like, Miss Christie, can maybe cut some of this dog shit out of here. And she, they're like, whatever, man. Just print that. Print it out. People can eat it up. This is printing money. It was. It, it was. Un, just nonsense. Nonsense about the fucking bushes. And not even but telling not us forever. why they were good. Because it also says, Hercule Poirot doesn't know anything about plants. 
It said that he could only tell what a what a rose was, and he didn't really care. But he'd be like, "Well, that flower is so perfect for that spot." It's like Sherlock Holmes memorizes all the kinds of tobacco ash, and Hercule Poirot judges people based on their bloodlines, and it always works out. He's right, <laughs> but it's it's not exactly uh, police work. <laughs> Uh, there are a bunch of other really stupid characters. Just to mention a few of them, a couple of years before, there had been a teacher who was found strangled, a teacher in the local school that had been found strangled. There was a... The forger. There was a guy convicted of forgery, so everyone thinks that he's connected. Turns out not. And then there's a lady who lives out in the woods with a little daughter, and they're just weird. And they're important later, but you kind of forget they exist, and then you come back later, like, who is that? That's kind of the point. That's kind of how these things work, right? Like the char- they throw a bunch out there, and then you forget about the ones that are going to be the twist at the end. Yeah. But you can imagine that all these characters, all these bad, bad people, or you know, bad, bad things happen, that, uh, I don't know, some of them would have been... I can't even think of how to fucking segue into this stupid beer at this point. There'd be some evil laughter. <laughs> Some keeping the faith of <laughs> this evil laughter. Not my not my best move there. Uh, from Return Brewing, which I don't think is I think I've had, I don't think I've had that before either. It's in Hudson, New York. We've had and, one other Return Brewing. Well, we have returned, and it is in a barrel aged during the corrections. In, well. Uh, Jonathan Franzen does some evil laughter too Whenever he sees like, A dangling modifier And you think I'm going to engage Oprah. with you <laughs> Your pedestrian uh, audience No thank you uh, This is a barrel aged imperial stout With vanilla, cacao nibs And, and almonds As they call them and There's gotta be a guy there named Almond What's well, like the, what's the, one, the How we do it Oh god there's so many how we do it's <laughs> that this is how we do it. This is so goddamn <laughs> delicious. Uh, I don't know what the, why there is evil laughter. Like, is it also like come in here and like, like aha? <laughs> 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 like it says on the back, ha 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 ha. <laughs> but uh, if you want, you know, if you want to have some uh, ben- benevolent laughter, you could uh, you, you could laugh at the. Wonderful good deed you could do by supporting the podcast by heading over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club where you could get extra content, early access to every episode, our growing archive of episodes, which what is up to Nate? About 4,000 episodes is there in there? It's really substantial. It's more than 60. <laughs> so there's, and, and more every week. Think about that. Think of how many books you could pretend to have read. Mm. Uh, and join us for our live episodes, vote in our polls, get us to say really terrible things, or your real name, or if some of you just have terrible names, maybe. Um, go to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club. You could also help the podcast out by leaving us a review somewhere, maybe a positive one, uh, or just telling someone to check out the podcast. And uh, that'd be really swell. Be way better than, um, than this book, frankly. <laughs> These hot raisins will not pay for themselves. <laughs> I can't believe how much hot raisins cost. <laughs> back to the stupid book. Well, so Poro so goes back and forth between investigating all the other different murders. Like, could it have been this? Could Joyce have seen this? Could it, could Joyce have seen that? And you learn about the different ones. Uh, 
The woman who threw the party was Drake. Yes, Mrs. Drake was also like... She's like the headmistress of the school they were having the party at or something like that. Because they used to be in 11th form or whatever the fuck it's called. 11 pluses, which is what uh, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, private club was called. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 11 pluses, parentheses, 15 max. <laughs> uh, and the woman who threw the party was also like acting weird because she like dropped a vase and like spilled water all over herself. Apparently that's an important detail. That's going to be important later. It's Chekhov's vase. Yes. In your vase, it explodes up. But reading it, I was just like, Oh yeah, these are incompetent old women. (laughs) She just dropped something. Tell me more about that raisin game they're playing. Like, <laughs> it was really brilliantly uh, hidden, if that's an important clue. But I forget who was the one that dropped the vase, actually. It was Ms. Ms. Drake. I forget the name. I forget uh, all the names. Ms. Drake dropped the, the vase, and because, you know, later on it's important why. But oh, yeah, like, at the time, you're like, why is there so much talking about the time she saw a drop? Like, maybe she saw someone come out, of the, come out of the room where the girl was drowned. And then later on, I was talking to her. I was like, could you have seen someone? I was like, no, I don't think so. I was like, are you sure someone didn't come out of the library? She's like, oh. Yes, maybe I did see someone. Like, could it be? Oh, yeah, possibly. No, actually, I didn't see anyone. Nobody at all. It's like, what is this fucking conversation? It doesn't make any sense. Pretty dumb. I, I, you know, we skipped over the dumb conversation when, who is it? Ariadne is the one that goes to him. It's like, there's been a murder. When she just keeps talking about her oil skin. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing my oil skin coat, and he's like, "Yeah, they keep are talking about the, oil skins a lot." Are you sailing with like fucking Peter Minuet? Like, who, <laughs> who the fuck is wearing oil? I get that Christie believes time stopped in the 1910s with 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 Champlain. Like, it's <laughs> like an oil skin. There's no way in 1969 <laughs> somebody was still wearing that. I mean, they didn't say when the book I took place. I traded some but... wampum for this. <laughs> Last Halloween. <laughs> Fucking nonsense. <laughs> All right, that'll be good. And what, then when he met, when he met uh, the artist, Michael, he just complains about how Michael is too beautiful. It's like, that's fucked up. Dudes cannot be beautiful. Women can be beautiful. Men aren't allowed to be beautiful. That's not all right. I don't trust that guy. It's a strange thing to rant about. And of course, he's right. But <laughs> once again, he's right. Like, oh, yeah, I guess that you know made sense in whatever eugenics-based uh, what approach gay? to crime solving he has. Being gay, bro. <laughs> Can't say he's good looking. You want to have him teabag you? That's basically what it is. Which I remember having conversations. Like, I remember being in like, that you're like 14 and if someone like accidentally said like who would be 14 was that like 2001 <laughs> so i'm like brad pitt's really handsome like well you're gay <laughs> i'm like no like it's objectively true yeah but but if you said it around nothing but boys no one wanted to admit that so I'm like fucking homo you're gay and then you'd have to just like oh no i'm gay now for like <laughs> the next three weeks as everyone was mean <laughs> to you <laughs> i guess it was worse even so, back then, like you oh, couldn't no, say exactly. a man was good looking. You'd be like, "No, men aren't allowed to be good looking." Agatha Christie probably was lamenting the fact that they couldn't execute sodomites anymore. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, the social commentary of the British aristocracy is what we really crave in this world. 
That's when the empire really faded. <laughs> <laughs> that was the reason, yeah. <laughs> okay, so then he finds a, a million red herrings. It's just a school of red herrings. <laughs> Every murder you could she like it must have been like a way for her to like clean out her uh, her drafts file like oh maybe there's a person that got killed like this. I'm not going to use that. Put it in this book. And there's just a whole bunch of murders that don't matter. Or do they? Well, they, they kind of matter in the end, but only in that they're all connected to a Rube Goldberg level of like incest crime in this fucking Hamlet. It's a, a crime duckin'. <laughs> it's kind of a crime duckin'. <laughs> like a human centipede of crime that happens in this book. So, I mean... What just what's the ending? <laughs> okay, so there's like so many dumb things. One clue: uh, Joyce's brother gets murdered like three days later because and he was probably back blackmailing the murderer. He's ten. Well, f- well, first they're like he probably saw the murderer and he just kept it to himself for a few days. He was waiting a decorous amount of time before he. Well, they were snitched. like he really liked money. It was like. This is a fucking 10-year-old. Like, yeah, he was probably blackmailing the murderer. It's like, what? Everyone just takes that, like, for granted. Like, yeah, that sounds right. It's a kid. He's a little kid. <laughs> uh, did Agatha Christie give him a very Jewish name? <laughs> uh, no. No, Leopold. Leopold? No. Leopold what? <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, I don't know. A little young Leopold... Birnbaum. It's like, oh no. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, one girl's a liar, the other other kid loves money. That's possible. That's Christie's uh you know viewpoints are coming through. They uh, turn in and they're a quarter gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Reynolds is the last name. Uh, that's that's not no. They might have married it in. Uh there's know. also the 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 Joyce's friend named Miranda. Yeah, which is the only clue that actually matters at the end. The the very smart girl who's also a sociopath, who is like, if I had to kill somebody, I would point, I would give them a sleeping draft, and they would just dream and then stop dreaming forever, or something like that. She says, <laughs> "It's like," and then the next line, he's like, "What a remarkable child." <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> She's the one that lives in the you know. The cottage in the in the hills with her, you know, uh, nymphette fucking mother that everyone's like. She's a hot lady, kind of, but she lives out in the woods like some sort of sea witch. Was like what? But she wasn't at the party. Like, does it matter? No, I don't give a fuck. Go on. All that matters is that she was Joyce's best friend, and Joyce and her told each other everything. And Joyce is a liar. Turns out in the end, yeah, she was a fucking liar. She was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she got what was coming to her. Yeah, actually, everyone was right. That kid lied about everything. Fuck that kid. <laughs> Fucking lumpy bitch. <laughs> yeah, lumpy. Joyce the Lumpy Liar. <laughs> the worst children's book. <laughs> so finally... A cautionary tale about lying. At the end, Poirot says, tells the police, hey, why don't you search that well? Why don't you search that, like, abandoned well? Just just in case. <laughs> and, of course, then it gets searched by the police or whoever. 
And oh, there's a body in the bottom. Wow. That nobody could have thought of doing that before. Especially when that other person disappeared and all these other people got murdered. So at the bottom of the well is the body of the au pair named Olga, the one who was accused of forging the will. But do you remember why they get to that point? Because this is, I think, in a stupid book, one of the stupidest parts. (laughs) And that's, that's saying something. (laughs) <laughs> is uh, Ariadne is sitting in a fucking cafe or something, and a lady comes to her and says, like, hey, you write those mystery novels, right? Let me tell you something. And then she tells her everything about the, the au pair or, you know, caretaker lady uh, getting the will changed and then, like, having she and the gardener signed it so that the au pair would have it. It was a real will, and then she hid it. And it's like... Uh, but that guy's gone now, and I just saw you here. I thought you should know that. Uh, okay, bye forever. And I was like, what? You just she's came a, up and volunteered that information now to a stranger? Uh, she's a celebrity. People will say anything. Yeah, there's only 12 people in this fucking town, so. But it was just like, the, there's no detective work in there. Like, someone just actually told you what happened that disappears from the story after that point and didn't I think exist. Is, I think that's kind of Hercule Poirot's strategy is wait for people to fuck up. And then he'll, like, catch it then. That wasn't even a fuck-up. That was just, here. here's a random person who's going to say, actually, all this happened. There's a soft, like, a meatball toss. Here you go. That's <laughs> a hot he just raisin toss. <laughs> but he just waits for it to happen. Like, what was the... Uh, is it Death on the Nile where at the end, like, the killer kills one more person? He's like, I knew that would happen, too. I just, like, oh, fuck it. I didn't care. Right when he's like, I knew it was yeah, her I was and like, the I'll husband. Let one person die just to confirm my theory. Yeah, he just, he doesn't really try that hard. He he like he, he's like a very strong teamsters guy. He's like, no, it's my break. I can't do it now. <laughs> it's a laissez faire uh, detective. <laughs> but the uh, Olga the au pair, which I thought an au pair took care of children. So why is this au pair? Is an au pair just a ma- like a servant? I Maybe the name is a- the word. The wording might have changed. The, the meaning might have changed over the years. Also, this was the sixties in this book, but eighteen hundreds in Agatha Christie's mind. So, who the fuck knows what it meant back then? It just meant it just meant woman from the Balkans. It, that's, it, what, you know, that's what she called all of foreign them. lady servant. <laughs> the au pair is what Agatha Christie thought of a uh, mail order bride, <laughs> probably. But she, it turns out. Well, so it turns out that, that the, the very handsome gardener was was banging Olga and, and they everybody had this else. Plan to basically inherit that um, Olga would inherit all the ladies' money, all the old ladies' money, and then and then they would run away together. Except that's what Olga thought. In in, in reality, when that didn't work out, the uh, gardener Michael named Michael decided to murder her and shove her down the well, or like stab her. Because he was actually also fucking somebody else. Who was He's fucking Mrs. Drake? Mrs. Drake. That Mrs. Drake right. was the wife of the nephew of the rich lady. And when you know she besmirched Who the rich her, lady was originally going to leave all her money to them. Yeah, she was going to leave all her money to them, and then her husband had, was a uh, had polio because uh, <laughs> this no, it was turns still a out thing. he was imaginary. He wasn't real at all. <laughs> what? He never existed. So Yeah, because she said it was her dead husband, right? And then it turns like, no, she's just... Wait, wait. So, she had a, so it turns a out strange husband. 
No, no, dead okay, no it wasn't even that either. So the fuck uh, it doing? was actually Mrs. Drake and and Michael Garfield, the gardener, who were actually um, uh, trying to get this old, old lady's money. Meanwhile, because it had turned out that Mrs. Drake in an earlier life had actually had an affair with, with Michael oh, Garfield, man. and Miranda is his daughter. But in or but instead of telling Miranda that oh yeah your father is just some random dude, she made up a lie and said oh your father was injured in the war and then died in a car well, you're, crash. You're That's why you people. Had Mrs. Drake is the is the headmistress. Uh, the the girl's Miranda's mother is that cottage lady. Oh, he, Michael Michael the Michael the artist was bagging all these women. Is all of them okay? Yeah. So he was Miranda's father. Yes, but he was also banging Miss Drake. As most mics do. <laughs> because Mrs. Drake's husband was uh, uh, a rich guy, but he had polio, so he couldn't do anything. So she was banging the hot um, artist guy. And he well, yeah, was the nephew of lung, the rich lady. But then Mrs. Drake besmirched the rich lady by like having opinions, so she disinherited her. Or possibly because she knew that she was fucking around. So after dis- disinheriting her, then Michael and Mrs. Drake teamed up and killed Olga and threw her in a well. And that's what Miranda saw. And Miranda was the one who actually saw the murder and told her friend Joyce, and Joyce lied. And, uh, and this was after they caught Michael because he was about to kill um, Miranda because she was a witness, but also because he loved beauty so much that he wanted to get away with all this money so he could buy a Greek island and build a nice garden. That's it. Also, the the the, uh, the other crimes were connected because the forger forged the other will, kind of. Because it turned out the will, so the whole, the whole first half of the book, they're like, Olga was a fucking liar, and that was a fake will, but then it turned out to be a real will. It was a real but will, they, and they forged but they had, a But they forged fake a fake will to replace the real will. It's like, uh, it's, it's, and, uh, you know, the 19th codicil, yeah. which um, is an over-the-counter medication, for headaches, uh, and that other teacher that got strangled was probably also killed by Michael because he banged and killed everybody. I don't really know. I don't remember that part at the end because it didn't matter so much, and in the end, it was kind of confusing and stupid. And you're like, I hate all these people, and the fact that he did it because he loved beauty so much—that was his motivation—is a really dumb ending. They're like the worst villains at the end of Scooby-Doo, you know, when they're caught and they say like, I was supposed to get that land and I would have gotten away with it, right? But this guy's like, I would have just gotten to make my testament to beauty. (laughs) I needed to build a lovely pleasure garden. Yeah, stately pleasure dome decree. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fucking... I mean, she was clearly running out of ideas and steam at this point. I mean, the her, uh, you know, model for how to make this interesting was like, oh, he'll have to solve all of these murders in order to solve the first murder. Because there was like, oh, turns out there were a lot of murders it could have been. He's like, ah, oh, this is more than I wished to do. But, you know, this is a little you bit... You hired me for one murder, not, not 17 murders. This is too much. <laughs> I get over time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am getting too old for this sheet. <laughs> but it's that I mean it's it's like a, the Costco approach to murder solving. <laughs> Solve them in bulk. 
Yeah. If you there's ten, you get the discount. Uh, but and, that is and one of the reasons why Poirot realized knew it was the lady, whoever did it, was because she had to. The reason why she had spilled the vase, the vase of flowers oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on herself was that she was trying to concoct a reason why she would be all wet, so that it wouldn't be weird. Like, hey, at the party, we got this girl who's dead. And then every and then, hmm, which one of you looks like you went for a swim after you drowned a child? Yeah. So in order to not be immediately figured out, she had to pretend to spill water on herself in a somewhat realistic way. But that was uh, that was the clue that where Poirot was like, I knew she was lying. So there was a wet lady, and the girl was a liar. And this dude loved beauty, and everyone had hot raisins, and that's the whole book. And they're making a movie out of it. I so hope the they movie did. is called a, a, a haunting in Venice. A haunting in Venice. It's so this book obviously did not take place in Venice, so they clearly have to change everything. So it must be like right wild, <laughs> wildly different. I double, triple checked. <laughs> like literally, I just checked again right now. IMDb, A Haunting in Venice is an unsettling supernatural thriller based upon the novel Halloween Party by Agatha Christie. I'm sorry, Halloween... Halloween Party. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And directed by Kenneth Branagh. We say supernatural? There's nothing supernatural in this except how hot the raisins get is supernatural, (laughs) I guess. It says supernatural (laughs) They are warm from the drying, but... It's like the inside of a... Nuclear reactor, these raisins are so hot. <laughs> and it has Michelle Yeoh. Which Agatha Christie would not be happy about. No. Uh, Jamie she would, Dornan. Would, does she play the killer? Because then she'd be fine with it. Tina, yeah. Tina, Tina Fey Tina is Fey plays Ariadne. Yeah. yeah. Well, she is Greek, so. <laughs> she is. It's true. Faye is short for Faye Acropolis. Faye <laughs> Feta. It's <laughs> sure for Feta. <laughs> yeah. Too long. We shortened that. Dina we Feta. shortened we shortened that at Ellis Island. I need the more. <laughs> I hope it is. <laughs> but just this is the one sentence premise for a haunting in Venice, which tells you they changed they must have just taken one or t- enough. You know, minuscule details of the book that they had to give credit to this and Christie's estate. Hercule Poirot, now retired, must solve the murder of a guest at a seance he attended. That is not this book. Uh, is... Maybe they play hot raisins to find ghosts. <laughs> but clearly, they updated hot raisins to seance. They changed it from, you know, the Yorkshire. Midlands or fucking I don't know anything about They probably but just made it so that to like, Venice one of the adults says I saw a murder once and then they kill that person. He's like, I've got a well. Why. Michelle Yeoh plays Joyce Reynolds. Joyce the liar is Joyce. I mean, jo- is there another Joyce? No, there's, there's yeah. two there's Joyce. Only one Joyce. Yeah. Are they going to kill off Michelle Yeoh one, right they away? One Joyce and then they rejoiced with another <laughs> one. <laughs> I don't like. Yeah, some of these names seem a little bit different too. Was. Wait, was there a guy named Dr. Leslie Farrier? Wasn't yeah, it? There was. Was he a doctor? I thought there was a Nope, he was a clerk. Or a clerk. He was like a, he was like an a, attorney or something. Wasn't Farrier he was yeah. the guy who got stabbed and he was working yeah. 
as he's, he's like killed with before the, the book even happens. Yeah, he's he, like one he, of the murders. Oh no, wait. There's there's a Leopold and a Doctor Leslie Farrier. There's two Farriers. There's an Olga. Who's Maxime Girard? Which character was that? Nope. Not in this. That's like top billing. <laughs> they definitely changed a bunch. Oh, it's Alex by alphabetical by actor's last name. Okay. Who's Vitali Portfolio? Who are these fucking characters? I mean, they, clearly they just made up a guinea because it's in Venice. <laughs> they needed one Italian character. And there's some guy like, you know... 100 euros, and I'll take you to see the Bridge of Size. <laughs> My fucking gondola, and I'll sing a shit, a mumble, a song to you. Have you ever been to Venice? It is the biggest ripoff in the world. There's a lot of tourist bullshit. I went there on my honeymoon. It was fucking dog shit. And I just feel like we went over, and they're like, can we do a gondola ride? And he looked at me, and he was like, you're paying extra big boy. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're like there, and we're like, it smells like sewage. It's hot as fuck because it was the summer. And some guy is like, who's clearly buzzed or something, is mumbling an Italian song. And I can only imagine what the words really were. You know, it was it's Hotel like, California. Oh. It was <laughs> any piazza is Hotel California. <laughs> yeah. But the Ken song confirmed. he was probably singing. <laughs> He's like, oh, fat American, you are making my boat sink, or whatever he was singing <laughs> to us. And we're like, wow, that was great. I'm so glad we did that and spent fucking 85 euro to do it, (laughs) whatever it was. So I'm not going to see the movie, I guess. It looks like they changed everything about the movie. Well, that's good Uh, because the book isn't good. I mean, like, I didn't love the other Hercule Poirot. They were like competently written detective stories. This This was just stupid. Did you see that when the book came out and Agatha Christie was still alive, people were like, this one's shitty. <laughs> this is shittier than the rest. And there's a lot of people who are like, and it's in one of uh, the biographies of Agatha Christie. The person's like, oh, you know, she used to actually just talk the book into a um, dictate, dictaphone thing. Dictaphone. She would just speak it and then have a, a secretary transcribe it, and then she would go through and edit. That was her process. And he's like, I bet she just skipped that step on this one. (laughs) (laughs) And it seems like, yeah, it's probably fine. Yeah, fuck it. Everyone was like, this is probably one. (laughs) She just, she literally phoned it in. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And it feels like it. (laughs) So who should read it? No one should say nobody. Even if you like the other ones, don't read this one. It's dumb. If you, I can only imagine the ones that came after this are shittier yet. I don't think she like made this and got away with it. And was like, now let me let me go back to trying. Hercule Poirot solves who ate my pudding in the office refrigerator. <laughs> I know the last book is called Curtain or Curtains or something, um, and the one before that That's when I he don't stops know. detecting and starts becoming an interior designer, he retires. The one after this is called Elephants Can Remember. He solves elephant on elephant crime, yeah. And yeah, Curtain, Poirot's last case. Jesus Christ. This looks this looks bad. It is bad, I'm sure. <laughs> you can't write fifty of these and have them all be good. It can't be done. No. But it, yeah, no, it can't be done. 
But she was writing the first Hercule Poirot novel is 1920, and the last one is 1975. 50 years. So one a year, basically. That's 55 years of writing novels, about, plus short stories about this dude. That's incredible. It is certainly a feat. And, you know, props to her, you know, making that money. But this one sucked. It was trash. It was not it a very like good a... mystery, and it was solved by luck. Well, that lady was wet. That goes to show how Victorian Agatha Christie's mind view is that even in 1969, she's like, there's a lady who was feeling very wet, and everyone's like, <laughs> was she? And she's like, there was a murder. Like, <laughs> Not cool. That's what I meant. Back in my day, you'd show respect. You'd be dry until the queen went to bed. Or whatever she'd say. Then you can um, have your hot raisins. <laughs> <laughs> My husband had a Prince Albert. It was very exciting. It was on his Halloweener. <laughs> Halloweener. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no one should ever fucking read this book. Uh, ever. This might be a case, even without seeing it, that the movie is better than the book. I would, bet, I would bet a lot that the movie is better. And I don't plan on seeing the movie. But you, like, you, decades from now, like, hey, do you ever see A Haunting of Venice? I'm like, it's better than the book. You could just, like, <laughs> I know like it the is. Smug, the smug asshole thing is, the book was better. No, it's better than the book. I don't have to see, Did you see it? Nope. It could have been I spoken know entirely in the fart book. dialogue, and it would be more cohesive than this one. I would love to watch a movie entirely in fart dialogue. Where the girl is being drowned in the bucket of bobbing for apples water. And he's like, <laughs> oh my God, it's so bubbly. <laughs> apples it's are like so much fiber. <laughs> but in the meantime. <laughs> Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And again, if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash Drunk Guys Book Club, or just leave a review, or tell someone to listen to it, or tell your mom to listen to it, because no one's listening right now anymore. Still not going to give you a dollar, but you know, thanks for listening this far if you did. And you can also find us on Goodreads, where we'll be dedicating the next year of our lives to reading every single Hercule Poirot book. Maybe. That'd be an amazing punishment book. Here, guys, <laughs> the complete Agatha Christie. It's one book. <laughs> it's one book. This doesn't it's count. Got one cover. It counts. <laughs> and check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening.